Easter's a big announcement. Um, Seder dinner, and that's it. We have uh, all of our announcements are back there. You can find them on the app and on the on the app store. And then we have a guest speaker today. He is a friend of ours. Will Doyle, will you come? And so uh, Will's coming up right now. Um, Will morning, is good a, morning, good morning. Will is a friend of the way, and uh, Will got, um, first time he came to church, he said, hey man, I need to get water baptized. That was your first day here. It's the way to do it. And we dunked him, man. We just dunked him right under. And so anyways, Will's super on fire for God, and uh, what I love most about you is not that you're perfect, and you may not even say perfect things today, but your love for God is perfect, and your love for human beings is awesome. And so I'm so encouraged uh, by the way that you love God, and uh, I think that you're a great dad and a great father and a great friend um, and uh, to a lot of people. And anyways, today, he's got a special word uh, that he's been praying for a lot of hours, freaking out, and uh, it's going to be really good. Will, we love you. Father, Thank you. we pray for Will right now, Lord, that you would be with him, that your Holy Spirit would be upon him, and that you would use him to speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. <laughs> so, my name is Will Doyle. Uh, what I like to start with, and I, I like when pastors do this, is I want everybody to greet three people around you. But when you do it, I want you to say, good morning, brother or sister in Christ. I don't care if it's your mama. I don't care if it's your cousin. I don't care if it's your brother. I don't care if it's your ex-boyfriend. So on the count of three, I want everybody to stand up and shake three people's hands that you didn't come with and say good morning, brother or sister in Christ. Good morning, brother in Christ. Good morning, sister in Christ. Good morning, brother in Christ. Okay, only three people, three people. Hey, you're just taking up more of my time that I don't have to be up here. <laughs> okay, so I did that to just show that we are all one family. Uh, as long as we are chasing after Jesus, we are all one family. And Christians, we are just trying to get closer to Jesus, and there's others out there that need this same thing. All right, so it's like uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. Like, you always have that one relative that's just not there for that particular holiday. All right, usually, unless you're from Polk County, regular families have people that may not be there for the holidays. Uh, so in Matthew 12, verse 46 through 50, uh, I'm not going to read it because I kind of went over it quite a bit. Uh, Jesus is talking to a crowd, and he has his disciples there. And his, somebody runs up to him and says, Jesus, your mother and your brother are out there. And he looks at his disciples and starts pointing around the crowd and says, these are my, my mother and my brother right here with me. And that is deep, guys. I love that. So uh, when we are all in heaven, we are, well, I'll let Tim get to that next week. I don't want to cut into his sermon. So I'm going to do a little uh, video here. It's a five-minute video. Uh, if you're familiar with William Booth, he is the founder of the Salvation Army, a devout Christian, and he had a vision when he was on a train back in early 1900s, and he audio recorded it. And then some people in today's day took it and made a video out of it. So check it out and enjoy. Am I muted? I had a vision. 
I saw a dark and stormy ocean. In that ocean, I thought I saw multitudes of poor human beings plunging and floating and shouting and shrieking, cursing and struggling and drowning. And out of this dark, angry ocean, I saw a mighty rock that rose up with its summit towering high above the stormy seas. And all round the base of the rock, I saw a vast platform. And on this platform, I saw with delight a number of the poor wretches continually climbing out of the angry ocean. And I saw that some of those who were already safe on the platform were fervently helping the poor creatures still in the angry waters to reach safety. But something puzzled me. Although they had all been rescued at one time or another from the ocean, nearly everyone seemed to have forgotten all about it. Anyway, the memory of its darkness and danger no longer troubled them. And what was equally strange and perplexing to me was that most of these people did not seem to have any care, that is, any agonizing care, about the poor perishing ones who were struggling and drowning right before their eyes. But then I saw something wonderful. I saw a great being from above come straight from his palace, right through the dark clouds. And he leapt right into the raging sea among the drowning people. And there I saw him toiling to rescue them until the sweat of his great anguish ran down in blood. And he was continually crying to those already rescued, to those whom he had helped with his own bleeding hands, to come and help him in the painful and laborious task of saving the lost. But the strangest thing of all was that those on the platform to whom he called were so taken up with their trades and professions and money-saving and pleasures and families and community and gatherings and religions and arguments about it that they did not respond to the cry that came to them from this wonderful being who had himself by his spirit gone down into the sea. And so the multitude went on struggling and shrieking and drowning in the darkness. And then I saw something that seemed stranger than anything that had happened before in this very strange vision. Those whom this wonderful being cried out to to come and help him in his difficult task were always praying and crying to him to come to them. Some wanted him to come and stay with them and spend his time and strength in making them happier. Others wanted him to come and take away various doubts and misgivings they had concerning the truth of some letters which he had written them. Others wanted him to come and make them feel more secure on the rock, so secure that they would be totally sure they would never slip off again. They used to meet and get as close to the rock as they could, and looking towards the mainland where they thought the great being was, they would cry out, Come to us, come and help us. But all this time, he was down among the poor drowning creatures, crying to them in a hoarse voice, Come to me, come and help me. And then I understood it all. It was plain enough. That sea was the ocean of life, the sea of real, actual human existence. Those multitudes of people struggling in the stormy sea were the billions of sinners from every race, language, and nation. That great sheltering rock was Calvary, the place of the cross. 
and the people on it were those who had been rescued from sin and hell and who professed to be followers of Jesus Christ. That mighty being who called to them from the tempest was the Son of God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is still struggling to save the dying multitudes about us from this terrible doom of damnation, and whose voice can be heard above the music and machinery and noise of life, calling on the rescued to come and help him save the world. My friends in Christ, you are rescued from the waters. You are on the rock. Jesus is in the dark sea, calling on you to come and help him. Will you go? Okay, thank you guys. I'm done. Uh, that's pretty deep. Okay. So today's sermon is going to be on reaching the lost. I have Scotty over here to help me out on the screen. We're going to cover three different topics that I hope will help you uh, go out today, not only today, but in the future, talking to people in your community, talking to family, coworkers. So the obstacles that we face, and that's going to be the first topic that I cover. Um, the world today, people believe their own truths. Uh, they're starting to believe, you know, whether that truth is that there is no hell, there is no heaven. God would not, you know, God would not send anybody to a place like that or that there's just paradise. It's where we all go, all right? Another one is going to be they're attached to their sins. I personally, when I started walking with the Lord, gave up a few things at first, but I kept holding on to certain things. Anybody else out there like that? Took you a while? All right. So my advice for that is like you, uh, you drop in a piece of glass, you pick up the big shards first, you take off those big chains first, the big kettlebells that are holding you down, and then you start cleaning up the little ones. All right. That's what I had to do. And uh, if you're stronger than me and you were able to get rid of all of them at one time, props to you. All right. Uh, so Another big one that I know that I have suffered from and others have suffered from is that you feel you need to clean your life up before you come to Christ. And a lot of people think that, guys. And, and I'll tell you what, I would have been waiting my entire life and I would have ended up in hell. So that's how that goes. And you need to, you need to conversate with people that, that feel like that and believe like that. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says, we were all sinners and Christ died for us while we were sinners. And that's amazing, guys. That's, that's an amazing verse right there. All right, we're moving on to, uh, I had intimidation and fear separate. I'm going to move them into one because I feel they pretty much are the same thing. And if I'm making you dizzy walking back and forth, I apologize. I may just start walking through the aisles here in a minute. All right, so you may be intimidated by somebody's status or their looks. Um, I've, I've dealt with this in the past. You know, you're, you're standing next to somebody that's bigger than you in line at Publix, and you're like, man, I want to tell this guy about Christ, or you know, ask him how his day is, at least, and uh, you're intimidated by that. A big one that I have noticed is that people that you grew up with, or family that you grew up with, uh, they know your past. They know the stuff that you used to do. They know how, how dirty and filthy you were, and now that you're a changed person, you're, you may find yourself intimidated to talk to them about the Lord because they're gonna, they know you. They know the old you. Well, guys, we're going to write the scripture on this one. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are all new creations in Christ, all right? The old is gone. 
you know, and you could tell them that proudly, hey, the old me is gone. And you, and you put that forth by your actions and your words and the way you act around them. If you're acting like the same old person, you're doing the same old things, that's not a good vision of a Christian that they're getting from you. All right, so you got to change your heart on that. Okay, so next we are going to fear. All right, we, we brought that into one uh, little section here. You're scared of losing friends. This can be a big one. What's more important to you, spending eternity with God or losing a couple friends? As your walk with the Lord becomes closer, you are going to notice some people will disappear, you know, and some will be drawn towards you. You know, non-believers may be drawn towards you, and that, that's a gift from God, guys, that you need to shine and uh, bring them into the kingdom with you. Um, man. Yeah, so scared of losing friends. What's more important to you? Scared of rejection. You know, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, they shun you. I noticed as I started getting closer to the Lord and trying to, and becoming more bold and talking to people, you can tell off people's body language right away. If they're feeling you, you know, and uh, with the apostles and with Paul, some people sneered when they talked. Some people, they took it in. And some people uh, became Christ followers and followed them around the desert. You know, so let's say you save or you talk to one out of 100 people about Christ and that one wants to come to church with you. You are winning. All right, that's awesome. Uh, I think me and my wife were talking yesterday. I said, if I can save one kid and get them to come to church and save their soul, that's better than like five all-inclusive paid vacations to Exuma Bahamas. You know, I'd much rather have that, that one soul going to Christ. All right. Uh, next one is a big one, possible lack of knowledge. All right. Scotty, am I right on topic here? Nope. Sorry. I missed 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. And this is about fear, guys. The fear that you feel or that intimidation that you feel in talking to somebody, that is not from the Lord. That is the devil lying to you. All right? He's telling, he was telling me all week, you're not brave enough to get up here and talk in front of all these people. And as soon as I turned the mic on, I saw your beautiful faces. The spirit took over, and it's like, man, here we are. We're already here. So let's get it done. This is, this is for the Lord. He's speaking through me. Let's pray. Ooh. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Whew. Thank you. Use me as a vessel. This is not about me. This is about reaching somebody in this audience today. Just one person, what I have on this raggedy paper right here, Lord. We love you. And just help us as we go out into this community today to reach somebody, to have a smile on our face and for them to see something in us that is gonna, they're going to want that. They're going to know that we have the love and the joy of Christ in us, God. And we love and we praise you. Spirit, stay inside these walls. Bless everyone in this congregation. Uh, hooray to the worship team for killing it this morning. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Just help me get through the rest of this sermon. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. So people's lack of knowledge. You feel like you don't know the Bible well enough. Good news is you don't need to know the Bible well enough. Not yet. You just need to know what God has done for you in your life. All right. And people can't argue with that. That's a truth. You know, God has saved me from this. Jesus has saved me from this. He brought me from that. What is, what is somebody going to say? You know, and another good point I like to talk about is uh, when I was in the military, if you get into debates, you know, with somebody, if you're not good enough to debate yet, don't do it. Just, just be happy in Christ and what he's done for you, okay? Um, in the military, when we would, we would do uh, site inspections. So I was in charge of a three-man team up in Washington, D.C., and we'd get generals, we'd get, uh, you know, whatever these high-ranking people are, officers would come up to our site, and we were on a building on, uh, right above the uh, White House overlooking uh, Mr. Obama at the time. And they'd come in, and if they would ask us questions, they'd ask us all kinds of questions. Their job was to stump us so that we couldn't answer these questions. And the perfect response that they taught us to say is, 
I don't know the answer, but I'll get back to you with it as soon as I can. You know, and that's going to force you to get into the word. And when people are asking you, well, what about this? What about this? And if you know that you've read it or you skimmed through it or you heard Tim talk about it in the past or a different pastor, go back to it, find it and say, hey, Johnny, I got something to talk to you about. All right. I found it. All right. So uh, bottom line, you don't need to be a theologian to explain what God has done for you. Okay. That's awesome. Let's go to Luke uh, chapter 12, verse 11 through 12. I don't have this one written down, so I'm going to look. Yes. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say. You're, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what to say. Man. And I'll tell you what, if you've ever been in a situation where God completely takes control of what's coming out of your mouth, and then you sit there and look at it later, and you're like, was that me? How the heck did I do that? And it's like, thank you, God, because I couldn't do that on my own. All right, let's, we're moving on to the rewards of reaching the lost, all right? Many rewards. Number one, you're changing somebody's life. Uh, when I talked about my sermon earlier this week, I had three pages of paper stapled together. I had it all ready to go, and Tim said, all right, Will, break it down for me. What are the three points you're going to cover? I went, he goes, hey, scrap that, throw it away. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is, where are we at? This is one of the points that me and Tim were working on is it's just changing somebody's life. That is number one, guys. Uh, and resorting back to what I said earlier, that one soul out of 100, that, you know, when it comes to saving souls, well, no, it's not really good odds, but you're going to get better at those odds. One, I mean, uh, the 99 sheep parable is a, a great example of that. Uh, number two, you're obeying God. All right, all through the Bible, I couldn't find specific scriptures where it said, uh, the Lord is happy with you uh, for doing this. And Tim, if you want to help me out later, please let me know. But it was very well known throughout the Bible that our job is to spread the gospel. So in my eyes, if I haven't seen the scripture, that is making God happy because we're doing his will. If I tell my daughter when she gets older, you need to do those dishes and clean your room, I'm in, in turn happy with her, proud of her for doing that. So that's how I, where I feel God's heart is on that. Um, and this is an awesome story. I'll probably, definitely, more than likely, absolutely cry during this. Uh, you will get to see God's heart. Uh, man. Yeah, <laughs> didn't even tell the story yet. Uh, so I was at Wawa, and I had a break between clients early in the morning, and I went into Wawa, and I saw this homeless lady, and, well, she looked homeless, uh, in front of the door. And I walked past her, and my first initial thought, I hadn't had my coffee yet, the sun hadn't came up yet, when I walked past her, my first initial thought was, she's going to ask me for money. She's going to ask me for money. I know it. And I don't know if I had money on me at the time or not, but I walked in to Wawa and walked right past her. She didn't say anything to me. And when I got in line at Wawa, I got my water and I got my coffee, and I immediately got convicted, and God was speaking to me. And I said, God, if you want me to do something for this lady, give me a sign when I walk out of this door. All right, and so I'm sitting in, sitting in this line. I walk out of the door. As soon as I walk out of the door, I'm heading to my car. She's still there. She's in a verbal confrontation with this gentleman outside, and he's telling her, get a job, and she is crying to this guy saying, I, I can't work. You don't understand. I can't get a job. I can't work, and he's, he's if I can, you can, blah, 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 and I, I open up the car or open up the forerunner door, and I was getting ready to step in, and God said, say something. You got to say something, so I, I stepped in the middle of two of them, and I said, brother, this is not your job. Your job is just to love on this woman. And guys, when I tell you this was not me, I was not talking, God was talking through me, and it's an amazing, amazing feeling. So I went up to this lady. She, uh, after I uh, 
kind of broke that up and he got in his car and he left, I proceeded to get back into my forerunner and then I see her weeping and she's weeping outside and she's, and she's up and down and shaking. So I get out of my car and I go up to her and I just grab her and I start praying with her. And uh, it was just amazing. And she thanked me so much for doing that. And then I got in my car and I started driving to work. And it is at that point that God showed me his heart and he showed me what it felt like for him to see people not loving on each other. And guys, it was the most, whew, <clears throat> the most awesome and horrible thing at the same time to, to know God's heart and how he feels when we don't love on each other, but to also be in his presence like that. And it was just, it was the most incredible three minute drive from Wawa back to the gym. And uh, I, if any of you are friends with me on Facebook, I actually had to share that testimony. As soon as I got to the gym, I took my phone out and started recording it and put it on Facebook because somebody needed to hear that that day. All right, so there's my Wawa story. We're moving on to how to get better at it. And this, I think this all comes down to this, guys, is any uh, tips and tricks that I can give you on uh, getting better at talking to people about Christ and what he's done for you is, is why I'm up here. Uh, number one, you have to believe. If you don't believe, you don't have conviction about what you're saying, nobody's gonna listen to you. If, God, if they can't see that God has changed your life and the great things that he's done for you or, or things that he saved you from, death, prison, shown you miracles, brought, brought family members back pretty much from, from life support, then, then how are they gonna believe you? If you're in there, those, these people selling vacuums, they believe in their vacuums, all right? They go in there and you're probably gonna buy a vacuum then you already have three of the same similar one. Uh, same, my fitness program, I believe in the results that I can get for people. My, my office is covered in before and after, so I can, I can vouch for that. I can say that this, this program works. So you have to believe in what you're not selling, what you're telling, all right? You're trying to tell them, not sell them, all right? Practice. Know your crowd. Know who you're talking to. Uh, me, personally, if I'm talking to a 65-year-old uh, elderly lady at the bus stop compared to a 13-year-old thug kid, my, my uh, conversation with him is going to be a little different. Uh, I'm going to tell you another story. Where are we at on time, Mr. Tim? Good to go? Thank you. All right, so this is another story, guys. And when I tell you these stories, some, I don't, I don't want to say that I feel convicted about it, but I don't want you guys to feel like I'm bragging about this stuff. I'm bragging about God and how he has worked through me. It's got nothing to do with me, and I wanted to state that from the very beginning. This is all God, and, and he works, and he's awesome. All right, so let's talk about this, uh, this story here. I was um, running around a park the other day with my mom. This was this week, uh, and, oh, man, the devil tried me this week, too. He had people cutting me off. I had this guy at, at the gas station literally walk in front of me and, and skip me in line. But I'm not going to go into that whole story, but I was, I was very good at, doing, at what I responded back to him. I just smiled. It was great. Um, so... The story, I'm, I'm at this park running around with my mom. We got the stroller, and I hear this confrontation. I'm on Ariana. There's an elementary school there, and uh, I can't believe I said elementary right. Yeah. Proud of me, babe? <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm running around this school with my mom and my daughter. We're doing these little exercises, almost running over kids while they're uh, coming back and forth from recess, and the lady yells, Jesus, and I say, is your savior. <laughs> She laughed. Uh, so I see these two teenagers fighting. There's a girl in the car, and there's a lady, there's a young girl up on her porch, and she's punching her porch door. She's screaming, I'm going to kick your butt, blah, 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 blah. My initial reaction, I'm not going to lie, was to pull my phone out and start recording this, this <laughs> confrontation. And immediately, that thought disappeared. 
and God told me, go over there, up in their junk, on their property, and talk to them. So meanwhile, while I'm, while I'm walking across the street, I see some more thugged out teenagers approaching this property. So I go up there and I just start talking. Meanwhile, I have my Team Jesus shirt on. So that's like, that's my shield of faith right there. <laughs> Don't mess with the guy with the Team Jesus shirt on. So uh, I go up on the porch. Well, I, I didn't get on their porch. I was kind of standing by the porch. I didn't want to get jumped. So I'm just talking to them and, and literally the spirit was just flowing through me, guys. And it was so amazing at the words that were coming out of my mouth. Just, I told them everything that I came from, what Jesus can do for them. Uh, do you believe in heaven and hell? It's a real place. And I'm talking to these 13, 14-year-old kids. And there was one who seemed to be, he looked the most thugged out and the one that I probably wouldn't want to mess with, but his name was Pooh. And I saw, I saw something in Pooh that he was kind of the leader of this group. Like he was the one that I could feel like the spirit was telling me he's the one that can influence the rest of these kids around him that are kind of seem to be too far gone. Well, I don't want, I don't mean to say like that. they seemed a little worse off in their walk at the time. Um, so just shared with them, just shared. And at the end, we prayed. I, I prayed on the porch with these kids. And it was, Scotty, you got a pick of that? It was awesome. Y'all might know that hood, Ohio and Ariana right there. So I was on this porch and it was just, man, it was awesome. And the poo kid kind of had my back. He said, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't mind doing that. And the kids followed him. And it was, it was very cool to see that. And when I stepped off that porch, guys, bam, spirit came over me and God was like, Good job, man. Good job. So whether either just Pooh got it or those kids got it, somebody up on that porch, God brought me there for a reason. Does that mean 10 minutes or I'm done? 10 minutes? Okay, sweet. We're wrapping it up now. All right, so uh, after we did that, we're going to go on to expect different reactions. You, uh, I mentioned Paul and the apostles and how people sneered and how people followed um, God's word is truth, guys. As long as you stick to your testimony and what God has done for you and God's word, you cannot go wrong, all right? So prayer. Prayer is gonna be number one. Prayer, well, it's actually number four, but prayer is number one. It, it brought me to where I am today with my boldness. I wanted to do more for God. I had to pray about it. I had to hit my knees and I had to say, God, I don't care what happens in my life. I want to do for you. I want to influence others for you. I want to be less selfish. And guys, over the course of the next couple of weeks, he gave it to me. He blessed me with it. He gave it to me. I don't know if it's scriptural or not. I'm sorry I'm not a theologian, but I feel if you are helping the kingdom of God and you are praying for that, he's definitely gonna bless you with that. He needs soldiers out here and, and that's our job to do that. Uh, be led by the spirit, number one. Number two. Be led by the Spirit, guys. That's going to be number one. The Spirit will tell you, hey, talk to that lady outside of Wawa. Hey, go up on those porch and talk to those kids. Don't fight it because you're going to regret it later. And trust me, when you get that first one out of the way, they start rolling like bowling pins, guys, and it gets better and better and better. I was praying with the, the guy yesterday at, uh, outside, uh, well, I got a spray tan. My wife didn't. So... <laughs> Funny story, we go to get spray tans. It was her idea. I've only had three in my life, don't judge me. <laughs> only for sp special occasions. So uh, I wanted the non-Trump one, like I wanted like a brown kind of coat. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we go there and... Uh, her spray tan thing is only shooting out air. So she thought that she got a spray tan and I get home and I'm, I'm uh, napping with Aniston and she comes up to me while I'm sleeping and starts smelling my arm. She said, you smell like tan. 
So long story short, I'm outside of the, I'm outside of the party city praying with this uh, intoxicated Vietnam vet, man. And it, it was just a story he was telling me. He was shaking. I could smell the liquor like three feet away. And he told me that he was in charge of going into Vietnam and rescuing POWs. He would jump off of the, the Kiowa and Yes, that's what it's called. He would jump off the Black Hawk of the Kiowa and go in there, and he said that he would be able to grab three or four grown men at the same time because they were so malnourished and so light and, and tortured. And he broke down at that point, and I just started praying with him. And man, spirit was there. He got something out of it, and I, I hope he remembers it, to say the least. And God works in his life because of that situation. Um, led by the Spirit. God's Word. God's Word is ammo, guys. Let's go to Hosea 4, 6. Uh, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, guys. So no, you don't need to know the Bible to talk to people about what God has done for you, but as a Christian, this is your job. You have to. This is our manuscript for life. Usually, there's a Bible right here. Some imaginary Bible is right here. This is our script for our life, guys. We got to resort to it. And the more we have, the more we have. Just rehearsing for this and getting ready for this has helped me be more well-versed in these uh, scriptures that I brought up during. All right. Um, know your testimony. Practice your testimony. Rehearse it if you have to. Tell people what God has brought you from, what he saved you from. Um, and me and Tim have had this talk uh, this week. Is not, not everyone came from just a disastrous life. Uh, you know, some people were brought up in the church and didn't have a, a lot of things that they, trials and tribulations that they had to go through. And, and to me, man, that's, that's awesome if you can keep the faith and you haven't had crazy situations in your life. Three minutes, Tim. All right, we're going we're gonna to extend a little later today, all right? Forgive me, I get a little sidetracked. But there's one thing that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. All right, so that's my Tim impression. Uh, know your testimony, rehearse it.